Hello everyone, welcome to the new Chris podcast. This is Chris and today I'm super excited because I'm not alone in the studio anymore as usual. I have the great, the talented, the amazing Caitlin Tyson. Aww, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you, <laughs> I feel like I have more of an American audience because I go to school in the United States. So for those of you who don't know, she is the reigning Miss Cayman Islands Universe. She's also a very talented actress. She went to the American Academy of the Dramatic Arts. She's amazing. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm Caitlin Tyson. Mm -hmm. I'm Miss Cayman Islands Universe 2018. Also a trained yoga instructor, Ooh. model, classically trained actress, and Caymanian. <laughs> That's the most important part. <laughs> We're Caymanians. Yep. All right, so uh, how do we know each other? Um, from years and years <laughs> ago, school. Do you remember? Church, no, not like, school. Like you're, like you're you're like six years older than me. I yeah. Think. Yeah. So my brothers went to school with you. Yeah. But do you remember the first time we met? No. You? I think I do, but I don't remember if that was the first time. I don't know if you remember this. I was at your house because our our mothers know each other, mm -hmm. and we don't live very far from each other either. And I don't know why I was at your house, but I'm pretty sure my mom went to go talk to your mom and I just tagged along with her. And I was in your room <laughs> and you were talking to me. You just gave me like this doll and I kept the doll for like years. I don't know what? where it is now. I think it was like a superwoman. I don't know what it was. I don't know. It was a doll. I don't you remember this at all. <laughs> oh I know. Because you were young and I was, prob I was probably, I would say under eight. Oh, so wow, I was okay. young, young. But I remember that. I was like, yeah, it was her. And I gave you a doll? You did. That is so sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's right. so cute because I love dolls. I was yeah. And I remember known. you having a lot. I don't... My memory's a bit mixed up, mm -hmm. but I know you gave me a doll. I remember there was a, a little black girl <laughs> in a <her> room, <laughs> and she was super nice. And I remember it was it was Miss Tyson's house. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so it was definitely... That's you. cute. Okay. And, like, my parents... Our family's pretty close because I remember growing up, your mom like sent us your the Christmas card mm -hmm. with like your brothers and everyone in the, the picture. Oh, okay. And my mom still has like your uh, your mom's. My mom still has your mom's graduation picture in like one of our family really? frames. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's whoa. crazy. I remember you like you know you just being like really young, cute, like with chubby cheeks. And yeah, stuff. I yeah. still do. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how's your week been? Because I know it's super busy with the, the competitions coming back up. Yeah, super busy. The pageant's in 10 days. So, like, oh my gosh. it's, like, crazy pageant season. And I've been doing, like, a social media kind of detox. But not like I meant to do it. It just yeah. sometimes it happens. So I'm like, now really isn't the time for me to be stepping back from social media. Yeah. It's like, this is, like, <laughs> I have 10 days left as Miss Kim. Yeah. It's crazy. And what's good, I, I realize that when you're – when you were, you still are Miss Cayman. Yeah. But, like, throughout your reign, you've been very uh, consistent with social media. And I think you're the first of that I've seen with the Miss Cayman Islands universe mm -hmm. people <laughs> 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 that you're the first one who saw the importance of social media and, like, use that to your advantage. No, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because, you know, I was self-managing in New York for, like, three mm -hmm. years before that. And you realize sometimes, you know, going into an audition room and stuff, one of the questions that they have on the paper you know 
after ethnicity and your height and all that stuff is mm. like how many followers you have on Instagram. Yes. And so like that's a that's a huge thing. So like even if I don't have the the followers, I can at least have the content where they can yeah. see that you know um, professional professional like pictures and different characters I may be able to play all my yeah. headshots and stuff there. So I've always been utilizing social media in that yeah. way. And um, leading up to Miss Cayman, I you know I did all of my like other training on the side and I went to New York and trained with um, Lucier, who's one of the top. Um, pageant coaches and you know just thinking about strategy and everything and uh-huh. from living in New York my main way to reach Caymanians and people back social home media. was social media yeah. so like especially Facebook Caymanians are all over Facebook yes. I have more of my New all York crowd on Instagram yeah. <laughs> yeah like you know you post at like 10 at night and they're all there like yeah. we love you and it's like wow mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's good that they support though in that way it is, at it least. is. yeah because yeah. I I don't remember I think I was watching a pod I was listening to a podcast it was a bunch of actors talking about like the, the industry mm-hmm. and what freaked me out is that there was a situation where this girl even though she was a better actress the other actress got the part even though she was subpar because she has like a yeah. hundred thousand followers and, and it happens like, it happens yeah it's, yeah it's even different than oh well you know you're coming from like an industry family mm-hmm. you know like someone like jennifer lawrence where people don't really know they think she popped up overnight yeah but yeah, now it's like the influencer craze where, mm-hmm. oh, well, I have classical training, I have experience, I, my resume, you know, but whatever. Do you have followers. But if you have like yeah. 50,000 followers that immediately will be able to see that we're creating a film or if yeah. we have to, you know, um, raise funds for something or, you know, it just, it I can understand that they need that, especially mm-hmm. for independent filmmakers. Films. Yeah. That if someone is coming with 100K, then it's like, okay, you know, yeah. we have a, a market, a target audience yep. already. But it kind of sucks. Just yeah, a it little. takes the art and the, From it, the craft exactly. out of it, you know, that we're able to embody these characters and, you know, this is our passion. So now yeah. it's hard to, when you're thinking about the numbers and trying to do something that you're passionate about. But yeah. Yeah. There's pros and cons. Yeah. Because even like, uh, like the Viners and some YouTubers who are terrible actors. No, they're getting good gigs now. Yeah, they're getting, like, big-time movies. Yeah. And even though in the, the movie, the movie might get, like, 2% Rotten Tomatoes, there's the movie's racking in money because they have all these people who are influencers. Well, see, before, when we used to care about, like, oh, is this a great film? Is this, like, a classic or whatever? Now it's just, it's like, how much office. did it make at the yeah. box office in its first week? Yes. So even yeah. if you have a 2%, if you made, like, if you broke even on your budget yeah. or made more, People don't you know, care. it's like, okay, yeah. great, we'll make a 10th Avengers film. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sorry, everyone out there. I'm not a fan. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> we can scratch that. <laughs> no, just like, I just know the formula. So I, you already know what you're expecting when you yeah. walk in. Like, I don't, I miss filmmaking that like takes me on a completely new journey exactly yeah like this since i've been out of school because i've been on summer break Mm -hmm. i go back to school on sunday right i've been watching like musicals all (laughs) like musicals and film all summer long and what i've realized is that it gets me even if i'm watching hairspray Mm because hairspray is my favorite musical i still cry like every single time and it's not because it makes me emotional like it's really sad Mm -hmm. It's mostly because I love the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not on stage, it's like it's like amazing. Yeah. And that's like, I keep saying like, I need to stop doing that. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> right. it, it brings me, <laughs> it just, it brings me to a different world. And I think that's what brought me into it in the first place. Because yeah. as a kid, I'd be in my room and my mom had like this storage, like big back TV in my room. Mm-hmm. But it never had cable. It just had like a, a the VCR DVD player, a VCR. Yeah. Yeah. 
And every night, I would either be watching Hairspray or High School Musical. Like every mm-hmm. other night. The nights you would allow me to. But at least once a week. Yeah. And I I'd never got tired of them. That is so funny. I have like five movies that I know word for word because I had a little TV in my room yeah. and I had only a TV yeah. player. So like School of Rock, Finding mm-hmm. Nemo, like mm-hmm. Undercover Brother, like the yeah. r- most random movies, Superstar. <laughs> like I had these... Um, you know dvds that i bought for myself and like so i had to watch them over and over (laughs) but what's funny that you say hairspray um i started i really became interested in being an actress after seeing um, my fair lady with audrey hepburn so the pygmalion is the the play but when i saw that i was like oh my gosh this is what i want to do this is what i want to do and um i watched all of her movies like i watched roman holiday breakfast at tiffany's and went through the whole thing and then and then it was the um Roger and Hammerstein's version of uh, Cinderella, but it was the live action version with Whitney Houston and Brandy. Yes. <laughs> that is my all time just favorite because of how it made Impossible. me feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not even gonna start. <laughs> like, no, literally like that. I was like, I I am I'm Cinderella, I can be yes. Cinderella, you know, and it was that was a moment for me. So not that I not that that's one of my favorite movies, but it really is because of how it, I can remember how it made me feel. It's yeah. like that representation, but it yeah. was so beautiful too. Uh, how did you deal with... All right, so how was the the reaction to realizing that you wanted to go into the arts? Mm-hmm. Like how, was, how did that... I'm really lucky, really, really lucky just because my mom has been breathing that into me my whole life, really. Yeah. I think... And that's the thing, I'm so grateful for her, but you know, she's she has her master's in psycho- psychology and social work and stuff, so you know she was just so understanding all the time Mm -hmm. and she noticed you know things about me and my older brothers where we were strong and you know where we might not have been the strongest and she didn't push it she kind of realized that all humans have things that they're good at so that was yeah Yeah. so like you know if I brought home a C in math she would we would jump up for joy that I got a C because I'm just (laughs) not I'm just not good at math you know but if I brought home a B in English she's like okay hold on stop fooling around in class because I know you can do an A with your eyes closed you know so she just really was able to understand that so when I told her I wanted to go into the arts it's like okay so let's get you in some dance classes Mm -hmm. get you in whatever you want to do and she called me her retirement plan like my whole life (laughs) just like you know this is my retirement plan she's a little superstar like my whole life I just remember being told those things that's probably why right now I'm like so focused yeah and like I know what I want I have a dream and that's another thing like I have some friends that they didn't grow up with like that kind of dream in their head like that yeah. like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna achieve this by the time that I'm whatever whatever like age. even if they had that dream they never thought it was achievable yeah and yeah. so then it kind of like fizzled, fizzled away and it's like okay well I'll get a job or I'll do something else and like for me I'm like that must be so cool like so you know low pressure and <laughs> just enjoying life yeah. <laughs> but like I I've always not. had this like laser focused dream in in mind and I was so career oriented before I even had a career. Yes. Yeah. Like I was same. like fourteen. Like same. All right. Let me get my I was like, my I five need to do year this plan. To get to college. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had that too. And I, like hearing hearing you talk, he's reminding me of myself because, well, when I realized I wanted to be an actress, because it was kind of a surprise to me, but it wasn't mm-hmm. really because even though I had a love for the arts and I was always singing like church and all those different yeah. stuff, and I was acting, I've been acting from like I was a kid. But I think I was around like 13 or 12. Do you know who Devon Franklin is? No? Okay. It doesn't matter. I'll just mm-hmm. take that whole story. <laughs> but um, I think I was around like 12 or 13. And I realized that I wanted to be an actress. 
And once it like clicked for me, I remember like crying for like an hour straight. And it wasn't because like, oh my God, I realized what I want to do. <laughs> it's because I, I just, well, first of all, I grew up in a church mm-hmm. and I remember how people treat yeah. people who want to go to Hollywood. And even up to this day, I tell people I want to, I want to be an actor. I want to be a director. I'm like, oh, are you going to Sodom and Gomorrah? Oh, like, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> it's like, you're good. You're fine. You're <laughs> fine. You're fine. Oh my gosh, no, but that's it was, horrible. And not only that, yeah. I remember w- when I wanted, when I realized it too, I don't know why, I just went online and I searched up all the things why people fail as actresses. I don't know why I searched it up. And after that's reading like going that, on WebMD when you're sick. Exactly. Like, don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember I was like going through all this other stuff and I just started crying. I was like, God, why would you give me this dream? Uh-huh. <laughs> And there's nothing else in this world that I want to do more than that. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, like, over a few, like, months ago, I auditioned for a part, and I really thought I was going to get it. Like, there was, n- I watched mm-hmm. all the, the, the people who auditioned. I was like, I'm a better actress. It's like, there's no competition. And I'm not saying that because I'm, like, nope. <laughs> boastful. I was like, I know That's my fine. talent. And at the end of the day, I didn't get the part. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this was Hollywood. It was a very small play. And to me, I was like, if I can't make it here, mm-hmm. what makes me think I can go to Hollywood and do this? And once I found out that I didn't get the part, for the rest of the day, I was just crying. Oh, and I was crying so much. <laughs> so much saliva. Oh, my God. I know, I'm, like, <laughs> sticky. Yeah. So I think it's because we know that we're, we're on a podcast. Because <laughs> if we're just talking, it doesn't happen. Dry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so the entire day I was crying. And I was in my dorm at the time. And my, my walls are thin, so the girls heard, heard me crying from outside in the hallway. And they were knocking my door. I was not going to open it. And my RA, she had the key to my door, so she came in. She sat with me. And I told her, like, I told her all the stuff I was going through. I told her there's nothing else in this world I want to do more. And you were saying about how people could just be okay with not following their dreams and just go to yeah. like, jobs. I can't do that. Yeah. I will be in... I would be depressed if I if I ever settle for something less than I know that I can do more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, w- with those people that don't have a big dream, I love that, too. I think that's just so, that's the complexity of the human spirit, right? Like, for me, I'm just, I am so goal-oriented, yeah. result-oriented, and, like, have had such a huge dream my whole life. And, like, to be an artist or to be anyone who has that kind of dream, you kind of have to wrap yourself up in a little bit of a delusion so that no one can penetrate that (laughs) the real world would be like oh well statistically you got five no's this week Mm -hmm. you know you didn't book anything this month and you have to be like actually i'm the best actress in the world you know wrap yourself up in like a little bit of delusion so that you're like i'm the best actress in the world no matter what anyone's saying to you (laughs) so for me it would feel like such a catastrophic like Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh like if i wasn't able to achieve this dream but for someone else that you know isn't that doesn't have such a big dream, you can really just enjoy every day and enjoy your life. Like, to me, that's beautiful, too. I think we need both types of people, right? But, like, I wanted to be a doctor for the longest time, and then I saw my first really big cut, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not about all that (laughs) blood. You know, someone else can help her. And then I wanted to be a chef for years. I wanted to be a chef. Mm -hmm. So I still cook a lot, and I, I love cooking. Um, I, my mom sent me to a summer camp in Chicago. I think it was at Kendall 
culinary school mm-hmm. and I did like a two week long like program and stuff and that's when I realized I didn't want to be a chef <laughs> professionally. <laughs> yeah. I could not take all the hours like the stamina standing on your feet and all yeah. that stuff so I decided that's my hobby and I'll go for being mm-hmm. a performer. Because yeah. I always, I've just, that's the thing too about as you get older and you start asking yourself about your purpose and like who am I without my title, um, my gender, my family, all these things, right? Yeah. Whether I'm single or married, if I'm a mother or et cetera, who am I without all that stuff? And like I've just always felt like a performer. Yes. I don't know. And There's nothing else. And every time I tell people, like even then, my classmates and stuff, they'd all be like, oh yeah, like it makes sense, Caitlin. Yeah, you can yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd always have people that recognize something in me and that's what I would say more than like any negative comments that stands out now, like years later, right? Because when you're in it, the negative stuff is what stands out the most. Mm-hmm. But you, in retrospect, it's like, I've always had those positive voices that like recognize something in me. So if anyone yeah. is like trying to do this, try to focus on those positive people <laughs> around you more than the negative because it is just a waste of time, you know? Yeah, yeah you talked about your, your first audition and that disappointment of that audition. Yes. Well, yeah. and, but that, that is my second one. My uh, first one, it hurt. It actually didn't hurt as much as the first one. you really wanted that second yes. one. Yeah. And the first one I really, really wanted to, mm-hmm. but there were a lot more people auditioning. There okay. were literally, there was only one role for a black woman. And there were like Isn't that sad? 50. I'm it sorry. Sucked. I'm it so sucked. annoyed. Yeah, like, like, I hate that. that. I hate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, there's not a lot of people in, in the entertainment industry who are, first of all, women. Yeah. There's not a lot of women directors. And the parts that are for black women, or like even for minorities, sometimes are played by white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in a lot of these books, wh- what book was it? We could talk about like uh, with Nina Simone, mm-hmm. with Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana is an amazing actress. Yeah, but... But she basically has to do blackface yeah. for those parts. And what does it say about us who are in this industry for roles that are written for people who look like us and we can't even play those roles? Yeah. It's insane. So or for <laughs> someone like like me, if I was to say my castability and Zoe's castability are probably in like the same, in a close range, right? Uh-huh. Um, on the outside looking in. So what does it say for also people mm-hmm. that see that there's a role being created for people that look like us and everything and to be able to recognize that no I'm getting more privileged because I'm lighter skin and more you know yeah. palatable for a white audience yes. I'm not going to I'm not going to take this role exactly. I'm going to step away from this money yeah. for the integrity of that project mm-hmm. you know when are we going to start doing that too yeah like not saying that if she was to say no that they would have cast the right person someone like Michaela Cole or something mm-hmm. right not saying that's what would happen but when are we going to start making a stand in that way and sacrificing in that way? Yeah. That, yeah, this could be a great opportunity for me, but I, it just something feels wrong about it. Yes. Because I have a lot of um, of colleagues and friends who are darker than me and, Don't get know, as much roles. That there aren't many roles written for, for, for that, them. you know, and like someone like Viola Davis that wasn't able to be a leading lady until, you know, like, decades later in yeah. her career and she went to juilliard, juilliard yeah. yeah and even then they were telling her she wasn't the right look in etc right yeah so how much of a friend am i if i'm gonna take my friend's roles mm-hmm. knowing that i do have a privilege not that i want it or that it even makes sense yeah. because for me yeah we're all we're black, still black but, but there's colorism there is yeah. colorism you have yeah. to be aware of that of course i think amanla amanla uh, stenberg mm-hmm. you know who that is she was in uh hunger games and she was in oh uh, yeah, yeah um crew yeah yeah I think, I don't know if it was Black Panther, it was some movie where she said she stepped away from, 
because she felt like more darker skinned black yeah. women knew because and then everyone me. online was like oh you're not a hero you don't have to tell us that you stepped away from a role it's like that's it's not like the you, point yeah you're, you're damned if you do damned if you don't exactly like, come on she's not asking for applause she's saying see what i did can you guys do that if it, if a if your agent brings something to you that mm-hmm. you know could be better fit for a different demographic you know yeah that you do have the power to say no to a gig as well and so just like what you're saying about you know that opportunity that missed you yes right uh-huh. it missed you you didn't miss it yeah <laughs> uh, there's so many other things to consider and like that's why i've liked having the opportunity to like really learn the industry and see it from all sides because then you realize oh it wasn't about her being the best actress the leading man is like five four and <laughs> she couldn't she couldn't get the role you yeah. know it's like oh, okay there's so many different things that have that already gone into it. it yeah yeah so that gives me a lot of peace of mind too so i can still remain confident in my ability yeah remain in my delusion yes right <laughs> and get up myself up the next day to go audition yeah. again and i tell everyone around me like listen you have a nine to five you do not have to interview for your job every day i do yep and i think what i don't like when it comes to entertainment business is that they really think our job is easy <laughs> they think oh we just have to go on screen we just have to go on stage yeah. and we, just, we do that and especially we when you're working with independent and stuff and yeah. especially when you're working on independent projects where the majority of the people on set are on a volunteer basis or doing it for some excitement or for the yeah. love of and they don't the realize yeah the clout and they don't realize everything that's gone into you claiming that I am an actress, like I'm an actor. That takes a lot, first of all, to be able to say the words, you yes. know? Um, and, and mean it too. Yeah, like, yeah. no, I am an actor. It's like, because one of my instructors too asked us, like, because um, I would always say, I act and I sing and I dance. <laughs> and she's like, you're I an actor. Yeah. Like, why don't you say, why don't you say, I'm like, because I just don't feel like I am until, si- until what, until you're paid for it. Yes. And I'm like, okay. So she's like, you know, you get paid for it like 50 bucks down the street, you know, on, um, off-Broadway so yeah. now are you an actor because you got paid 50 bucks I'm like well no and she's like so when would you be an, an actor, actor? <laughs> when you make a million dollars on a roll and she's like yeah yeah she's like you're an actor right now and yeah. so I was like oh that's true like I gotta step into my saying yeah. it claiming it I am yes. an actor so being on set and then they're like all right and go cry you know and you're <laughs> like um the scene has not been set up in any way. I didn't get yeah. any time to prep. I have no like green room. Like yeah. you just want me to come here and, and you know, <laughs> it's like they don't understand it. what it is that we do. Yeah, to and get I into it. The best directors are really actors. It actors yes. turn directors. They're yes. the best. It's ah, cause I I think I told you this before. Uh, I was doing this play at school called Fences, mm-hmm. and they brought this director from L.A. And this is the a first little play time. called Fences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they brought this actor, this uh, director from LA, and it was the first time I was working with like a professional director. And even though even though I only got to work with him for about two or three weeks, he was amazing. Like even the way that he like, I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it. It was just, he was just, he was great. And it's not like he was doing a whole bunch of these super difficult stuff for us to do. But there was like this one particular thing where he asked the actors, he put like a chair mm-hmm. in between them, and. He wanted the girl to, uh, I think it's a scene, like the 18 year scene, mm. and the the woman who was playing Rose, she's supposed to be angry towards her husband, but she wasn't portraying that. So he put a chair in between them and was like, yo, I want you to put the anger over the chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even though it sounds weird, like t- it, it yeah, happened, yeah, it just yeah. worked. He was just so good. Wow. 
we'll get it's like getting into the mind of an actor like literally you know sometimes you'll be there and you'll like drop a line or you, you'll get tongue-tied and they're yeah. like oh wait, wait it's okay it's okay take it back i'm like i know it's okay yeah let, <laughs> let the scene breathe you know like <laughs> come on because you know it's not normal to have to like speak someone else's words mm-hmm. and make them make yourself convinced that they're your words you know yeah. so we know the things that may happen the things that may drop and being able to like um keep it rolling because everyone in the room knows what's going on too yes. right so i'm i've so many projects where you're just completely <laughs> pulled out of it and now it's me looking at the director like yes with an attitude mm-hmm. instead of being able to really like embody the characters yeah. so when you have a director that really understands the mind of an actor mm-hmm. it's like you can really just give yourself to the work and one of the things i was always afraid of what in my industry is like when in our industry is what if i get a director and he's just like a dick no you will yeah and i just you will oh. You will. I'm just such a, uh, unfortunately, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. And I want, especially, I kind of see my director as my supervisor, and they're helping me, kind of. No. I, in my head, like, they're, they're like my, my authoritarian, mm-hmm. right? They're and not. if I disappoint them, <laughs> I feel okay. like a little mouse. No, so really the only person you have to please is the producer, because they can pull the plug, right? Yeah. And they don't show up to set. Uh-huh. But the director, they just know the tone. They're looking at it from a bird's eye view. They, they yes. have the ability to be able to sit in the audience and direct. You and, it. you know, like it's literally like you can't see it while you're acting. You can't direct yourself while you're acting. Yeah. But, you know, when I got out of acting school, I always wanted to ask for more notes. Like, hey, was that okay? Can you let me know? Um, so did you like how I did that? Did you like when I crossed to the table and then crossed to the couch? Yeah. And they're like, ah, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> you're doing fine, you yeah. know? And it's like if the director's not giving any notes, that's a good thing. Yes. They're not yeah. your teacher. They're not your... They're, yeah. Yeah, so, and, like, in my head, they're I doing know their that. own job. Yeah, in my head, I know that, but because I'm a people pleaser, if they're telling me, you're doing terrible, mm-hmm. I feel so, like, disgusted with myself because this person is counting on me for this yeah. thing. And if they're a but dick, it, yeah. they're gonna, it's going to hurt even no, more. No, I've had my fair share of experiences. Like, actually, the first job I got out of acting school, I think it's been a couple years now I can talk about it. I yeah. literally have been telling everyone it was amazing, and I, I couldn't it get terrible. into it. No, it was the worst experience I've had so far. Um, I guess we'll get the scoop here on the podcast. <laughs> no, the, the job I did in Greece was actually uh-huh. the worst, oh my, God. my worst experience ever. So, um... It's just crazy because, again, like we were talking about um, the lack of representation for black and brown people in Hollywood arts, you and know. you were at a predominantly white school too, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, well, it was funny, towards the end of our, our school year, because we had to do our exam plays and everything, and we did our, our styles, our heightened text and everything, and I had not played a black woman my entire time at school. Several of us hadn't played a black person our entire time, right? That's so crazy. They, we went to the dean and basically said we would hope for our exam plays to be a you know reflection of who we are. If we could do something like that, because uh-huh. all the other kids have gotten to play things that were closer to them and characters mm-hmm. that they could relate to, and they basically were like, "Oh no, we don't have the plays and plays that have those characters. They're, they're not yeah. enough characters. It's not um, the right length of time, etc." Like all the problems why they couldn't fit into an exam. So. We went to one of our black instructors, or two of our black instructors, and we together constructed a list of playwrights and plays that had, you know, a certain amount of characters, <laughs> whatever, all people of color. Yep, yeah. and I, we went with the paper, and I was like, just in case you guys need something to look over, here we go, <laughs> you know, everyone you're missing. And so I ended up playing a black woman. Um, it was from the play The Story by Tracy Scott Wilson. So mm-hmm. this is a New Jersey writer, so amazing. She Skyped in and called, we got to talk mm-hmm. to her and stuff, yeah. and that was good. 
And um, that was such a fabulous play. You got to read it. You would love it. I wanted to bring it here too, actually. <laughs> but um, so that was like one of the one of the only times I had played a black woman. And then upon graduating, I was invited to play um, a part in Lynn Nottage's play Ruined and premiere that in Greece at yeah. the Athens and Epidaurus Festival of the Arts. And I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> of course, you know. <laughs> and again, like Lynn Nottage went to school with one of my professors at the time in Yale, all this stuff. Yeah. It was just like, oh my gosh. And she's a woman of color and she writes roles like dynamic and nuanced roles for women yeah. of color. So I looked up to her so much. Like I, I I'm gonna be that nerd. Yeah. I'm gonna be that complete nerd and talk about all of her, all of her plays. I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the listeners might know, but I can't. Yeah, so when you have, you know, writers like that, you, you become like, okay, this is, these are play roles that I could play. So yeah. I'm just reading as much as I can and being inspired. And so when I got that opportunity, it was such, like, just a crazy, crazy experience. So I went over there expecting it to be great and it just was not like from the second day there was again some discrimination going on oh, behind bad. the scenes and we were all like really can you explain that a little really? bit more like yeah i can you can spill I the can. tea i can spill it right <laughs> now i he, literally he have tea right now he unfollowed me <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago the director like when we got there we hadn't expect that there was going to be a white woman cast in one of the larger roles. Oh, okay. So we all came over there like, oh, but we're also in Europe, right? Having like Western sensibilities and like most of the cast were from New York. Yeah. Out from the Caribbean. So I'm used to a melting pot. You know, if they're doing colorblind casting, I'm all for that. That's yeah. fine. But then for this play to mean so much and also um, it's it's based a lot on true events as well. She went and interviewed, Linaj interviewed women in the Congo. Yeah. So it's not like a piece of fiction, right? Completely. So that kind of caused a little bit of a um, misunderstanding. Like, oh, well, we didn't know that this person was going to be playing. And that just completely turned the director against us. And so we were there in Greece for a month where <laughs> we weren't, like, being told when it was lunchtime and, uh -huh. you know, crazy things. Just, like, it sucked. It was cold, like, the entire yeah. time. I'm telling you, it was day two, and I was there for a month. So the entire rehearsal process leading up to there was a moment where um, I guess for shock value in rehearsal they wanted to try um, the men have being nude and I turned around oh one my of my god. Greek um, counterparts <laughs> his uh, his part was on my shoulder <laughs> oh my god and I was like the director what? allowed that yes and he's like oh we want to get a reaction out of you I'm like I'm an actor I can give you a reaction yes, you don't but need to do this this is still sexual assault yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we were in this um, warehouse. That had um, cow pee, can't be cow pee, sorry, <laughs> that had cat pee uh -huh. all over, because cats lived in that warehouse. So yeah. as soon as we came in, like 10 cats would scatter. And, and so, it like, it smelled too. It smelled like ammonia, yeah. and it was like stifling, and we had to roll up on the sheets that they had just peed on because I was playing a prostitute in the Congo. Um, just okay. crazy. Okay, so crazy I, I get stuff. the method acting, but still. No, and he's like, well, <laughs> welcome to the Congo. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't need to actually be in the Congo. <laughs> I can roll to around in the dirt. <laughs> you know, instead of like cat pee. Yeah. Like literally, I was like, what? So there were that those kind of moments, and we just didn't have that open channel that you should have with your director where you're like, okay, what should I do, whatever, whatever. He was cutting people out who he had brought, we all came over there together yeah so they were like cut two days before the performance oh, there's like a lot Jeez of crazy stuff Louise. yeah so like what unwarranted like they were just cut because you say something that offends him or whatever and that this man so i had super i had such like high respect for him but like yeah. crazy <laughs> right so we were just like feeling like we don't even know who this is but yeah. it was hard having it feel like a director turned against 
the the main cast and it was all the black people on the cast and he you know it's like and for what and we're telling these stories did you always get paid yeah okay yeah we all did right. but okay. it was it was it wasn't even enough really uh-huh. you know it was enough for a month in Greece and then when I came back it's not like I had yes yeah. we didn't get per diem we didn't know certain things to ask for now I know but that was my first all that to say that, that was my first gig out of school yeah my first experience with like a director <laughs> and um I'm really grateful for it because nothing's been as bad as that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I was like, this is like, it can't get worse than this. this I'm glad this is my first gig because I will never, you never forget no, your forget. first yeah. gig out of it's school. Like, it, it can't, it can't get, it can't get, it only goes up from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mentality. And it has. All right, so, uh. Who's in the Cayman has inspired you? Oh, I mean, so many people. I, I've been inspired by um, Salida Ebanks. I got to meet her like mm-hmm. a long time ago when I was in Fresh at the Harcourt Theater yeah. modeling. And that's the first time I remember meeting like a Cayman celebrity. Y- yes. You know? All the people who went down were like celebrities to me. Yeah. <laughs> so she really inspired me. And um, Trevine, uh, Nick Stewart, she really inspired yeah. me. Um, Grace Geely, of course. Grace uh, Byers. Like, She's yeah. so so beautiful, such uh, humble and mm-hmm. like just energetic, light spirit. And she just so genuine and like reached yeah. out to me and just like exactly what I want to do, like being a mentor for people who are trying to do the same thing yes. and, and break into this industry. So she's been amazing. I'm also inspired by people like um, Aaliyah Hydes, who's mm-hmm. doing like Fashion Week all over the place in Paris and Milan. And yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> Those people. For sure. Yeah. And Frankie Flowers, like, seeing Frankie, that. Yes. Yeah. He's super dope. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, I forgot about Frankie. Frankie, he's, for those of you who don't know, Frankie is a director. And I feel like he's the first person in Cayman to be successful in the entertainment industry. Yeah. I remember the name of his first movie. Haven. But Haven, and mm-hmm. it had Zoe Saldana, and it had yeah. uh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom is like a <laughs> lot of these big names. Yeah. And for a Caymanian director, and he's like friends with a lot of these same people. Yeah. And I know that when Zoe Saldana comes down here, like sh- they, they always meet yeah. up and stuff, like even like with K Film. They're super, super dope people. But um, you talk about Trevine and, mm-hmm. and Grace and them. Uh, Trevine, for my listeners who don't know who Trevine is, we're going to like talk about these people. Uh, Trevine, she was the winner of Caribbean Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said Caribbean, too, not yeah. Caribbean. <laughs> 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 I had to talk to the Americans <laughs> on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was the Caribbean Next Top Model, and th- that was like the first season. And it was insane to have this little islander woman from the small island of like 60,000 people mm-hmm. to be the winner yeah. and out uh, she she out modeled like people from Bermuda and Barbados yeah. and all these other people. She was so good. Yeah, like uh, and she's su- she's friends with uh, Grace as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, Tiger Lily as well. Tamara, she's really, yeah. really amazing. <coughs> I mean, there's just so many people. That's why, like, as Caymanians, I just want us to be a little bit more loud and obnoxious in the way that we celebrate each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, even uh, with uh, with Grace's stuff, I think the first time. When we met in fa- Fashion Show, I told mm-hmm. you about the history with Grace. And I'll tell you guys, uh, the first time that Grace, when she got cast on Empire, we didn't know about that. Came, I didn't know about that. But when it premiered, <laughs> p- 
premiered, they had the picture of her like at the premiere, front page news, and I kept the like the the, the cover because that was the first time ever a Caymanian mm-hmm. actress and woman ever got to that level yeah. like on a network television yeah. show. Yeah, no, but that's a big deal. It's a huge deal, yeah. and I don't know. I talk about me crying a lot, but when it comes to like my career, mm-hmm. I'm a crybaby. Mm-hmm. A crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> a crybaby. And outside of that, I don't cry. But when it comes to my career and things that I really mean a lot to mm-hmm. me, I get very emotional. What's your sign? Sagittarius. Oh, okay. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, I'm pretty. I'm a. I'm pretty uh, uh, tough skin. But seeing someone who not only looked like me, a mm-hmm. black woman. From but the exact same background. From the exact same like background. And not even like she grew up in Georgetown. She grew up in Bodentown. Yeah. Which is like <laughs> 10 minutes from Georgetown. Come exactly. On. Yeah. But like she grew up where yeah. we grew Someone up. Someone who shares your culture. Shares our culture. Yeah. And there's no one else in the business that had that. Yeah. And this was like 2015, January, I think it premiered. And she came back and she did the fashion show here for like a marker. Mm-hmm. And even though I was, I was in like grade 10 or 11 then, right? Even though I had no money, <laughs> I paid $150 to get the VIP ticket. And it wasn't for me to be in VIP, mm-hmm. but it because it, it gave me the like access to after parties and stuff like yeah. that. So it would put me in proximity to her, her so yeah. I can meet her. And not only just like take a picture with her, because I didn't want to do that. I, I hate doing that with celebrities. Yes, for real. And I want to talk to her like, hey, I want to be an actress. Give <laughs> <laughs> some advice, <laughs> right? But how the, the fashion show was, it didn't seem that very organized. Mm-hmm. None of the after parties happened. So oh. I was, I, like, none of that stuff happened. Oh, wow. So I wasn't able to, like, yeah. like talk to her. But because I didn't want to leave there without talking to her, she was over, like, at the stop and go. And she was waiting to take pictures of everyone. She was, like, off to the side. And I walked up to her <laughs> and, like, in my head, everything freeze. Mm. I was like, okay, I can't have a 20-minute conversation with her right now because she obviously doesn't have the time for that. Yeah. And I, I got nervous, and the first thing that came out of my, my mouth was, no, I asked her for a hug. I was like, hey, can I hug you? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, yeah, and we hugged. And then the next thing was like, can I take a picture with you? As soon as I did it, I regretted it. Because like, I, don't, I don't want the picture. I want yeah. the relationship. But like she, and after her, it was you. When you went to Greece, I was like, oh, shoot, I know her. <laughs> and you got, like, you and the Cayman Compass. Yeah. And your story was in there. I read your story. And even when I was graduating high school, I was pushing them for them to get you as our commencement speaker. Because oh, I was, wow. yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen because I didn't have that much power. <laughs> <laughs> but I was pushing yeah. for them to, to, get, to get you out there. And I've been following your journey on Instagram, both of you oh, guys, because wow. I was just so, so you knew inspired. exactly about Greece. I knew that you but went. But you know the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the s- and yeah, no, but isn't yeah. that funny? And that's why I always like to tell people, you know, when I can, like behind yeah. the scenes, because all you see is, like, the glitz and the glamour and, mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, look at that opportunity. But there's so much sacrifice that comes along with it. Because that, that opportunity, I wanted to leave on day three. You know, and I had to stick it out, yeah, Yeah. by myself in a new place. And when I did a lot of things like um, New York Fashion Week and Mm -hmm. Carnegie Hall and all this cool stuff, I was like on an air mattress in a (laughs) in a um, studio apartment in Brooklyn. It's the only place I would take us at the time in the Uh middle of winter, getting kicked out of our apartment. You know, so like 
Huh? Did he have heat? It had heat when the landlord would go and turn on the heat in the okay. basement. So, you know, it would be yeah. 4 a.m. And then he would go downstairs and wake everybody Jeez. up. Yeah, so, like, no, no one knows that side of it. So getting to talk with Grace, she's so amazing. And at the time that we sat down and she was telling me about when she had to work, you know, a couple different jobs and take out her lunch break and go to a cattle call. And I was in that. So I'm, like, yeah. looking at her like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> thank you. And she just helped me so much with, like, planning out my year. And, yeah. you know, and she told me not to focus on, like, the, the yeses or the noes that you're getting. Just audition as much as possible because, yeah. you know, that's your opportunity to act for the day. Yes. So it's an amazing time, you know. Yeah. And that kind of led me into, like, okay, what's my next role? What am I going to audition for next? And that's kind of why I went for Miss Cayman. Yeah. And I, as a kid, once I realized I wanted to be an actress, I told myself is that if I have to be homeless and I know that I'm still following my dream, mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. Okay. It's like I, I want to do everything possible mm -hmm. because I do not want to settle for less. Yeah. So if I have to live this way now, knowing that I can live better later, yeah. I'm going to do that. I have no problem with the sacrifice, and that's why... I don't know, I felt like New York was just such a good fit. I moved over there and immediately got into it. It was like yeah. the year of the blizzard. Mm -hmm. Moved there in January. Shoot. And it was like That's school cold, getting cold. locked down. And I was like, I'm not staying here with y'all. I was looking around. <laughs> it's like this school got rats, oh. ghosts. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's New York's so like every building is like old and haunted, especially like <laughs> in that around that district. I was like, No, 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 no. I'm trying to go home. Yeah. And then I saw two of my friends who are my best friends now yeah putting on their coats and getting ready to go and she's from brooklyn and i was like i'm following the girl yeah. from brooklyn you know <laughs> i'm not yeah i'm not trying to lay down and bunker down with you guys <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's like that's my best friend right now it's yeah. just hilarious i talked to her this morning um and so i was trudging through the snow like it was up to like my waist and like this Shoot. island girl yeah like you know and then the next day, I'm, like, buying groceries, and I step out with the way we shop for groceries, a bag of onions, bag of potatoes, yeah. gallon of milk, <laughs> and I walk out. I'm like, I have no car. Oh, shit. How am I getting home with all this yeah. stuff? And I didn't have the cart yet. Everyone has their cart for their laundry and their um, their shopping. Uh -huh. So you have to buy your own cart, and I didn't know. So I had to walk five blocks. It starts raining, Ugh. and all the guys in the liquor store, like, they're looking at me like, oh, baby, you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll be all right. Like, not trying to help me or anything. Yeah. So, like, I just got into it, and it was like, I realized, like, yeah, like, this is going to be different. It's not going to be, it's not about the, what, what do they call it, the um, the quality of life. It's not about the quality of life in New York. It's just yeah. about the opportunities and, and learning how to be able to do what you do every time. Because you yeah. really do learn how to be a professional. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, like, on the train that's never reliable. So if I need to get somewhere, I need to have that's two hours of breathing room. Yeah. Okay. Even if I'm 40 minutes away, there's going to be a delay here, mm -hmm. a reroute there, whatever, you know. So you learn time management. You know, you bring everything in your bag with you. You're ov always overly prepared because you know there's like a million people ready to come into the room yeah, right after you. With you like know, fifty tops. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like I was ready for that because you know here we don't have all any of that tension yeah. like, at all. If you're doing something, it's volunteer or mm -hmm. everyone's just having a good time. But over yeah. there, it's like time is money, literally. literally. So it just felt good, like getting into that energy and learning learning like that because like now i can kind of decide when i can break the rules like okay girl you don't have to yeah. be 30 minutes away you know? <laughs> like it's okay you're you're on island time now yeah. <laughs> so. you have to get it's good to have the mindset but just knowing where you are culturally yeah because yeah. i was driving myself crazy the first year that i came yeah. back home because i'm like all right so we're gonna do this project right we can get done in two weeks yeah. all right let me know let's go meet it for coffee tomorrow you're good and they're like <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know and then they do it and then yeah 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 it's good to have that though but i get what you're saying 
All right, just to close up, I just want to yeah, talk yeah. about like the 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 culture the culture shock. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about talked about it in the podcast, and we talked about it, like before we started recording, where no, we did talk about it here, where uh, back home there is discrimination when it comes to black women, mm-hmm. but it's it's more colorism, mm-hmm. and it's not like every day that it happens. It's I feel like it's more rare in Canada. In the states, how was that? How is that going into a culture where it's almost every day and working in a business where it's blatant? Yeah, because I'm I'm Caribbean American, right? So Caymanian American. Same. So yeah. with my American family, where you were know, you born? Miami. Where the same people? Yeah, like the Cayman, <laughs> you know, Cayman getaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like sometimes I think being born in Miami is more Caymanian than same. Georgetown Hospital, right? <laughs> yeah. So. I uh, so my American family they'd always talk to me and my brothers and be like oh man y'all so lame you're so green why you talk like that da, 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 da. and so it w- when I'm in school it's like oh you talk like a white girl and this and that so it's like I never yes. felt Cayman enough never felt American enough we're the same person oh my god right so like yeah. those experiences because I've never had a thick Caymanian accent the person on yeah. the outside looking in usually becomes the artist yeah. right but <laughs> anyway <laughs> ding ding <laughs> insert yeah <laughs> insert one noise um but um. Yeah, so it was weird because, like, here, like, my grandmother's from Honduras, so I did deal with a lot of, like, microaggressions here. You know, colorism, like you're saying. But, you know, like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. You're lucky that you have a white nose when I entered Mm. our little Miss pageant. Um, Oh, if only you had pretty hair and, you know. That got to me, the hair part. Different things. Because even though they they say that, well, definitely light-skinned women are, like, sought after, Mm -hmm. right? within our community. For me, I never felt that because I'm a black woman who mm-hmm. looks black and I have very, even though I don't have coarse hair, mm-hmm. but I don't have like this Spanish hair yeah. that it's easy to comb up. Yeah, I don't, you don't have, have that. Like the, the, the I have black hair. The curly sue curls exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. And like in primary school, I didn't think I was, I thought I was pretty, but I didn't think the guys would like me because I didn't look Spanish. Yeah. And see, yeah. that was like, my mom is just a warrior. So she went crazy one day when I was watching Barney. Because I was like, <laughs> watch, I'm like, look, mommy, that's me. And she's like, <laughs> oh, the girl with the braids. I was like, ugh, not her. And I like, pointed at the blonde girl. Ah. She went on like a rampage. Excuse me. Yeah, she, she took away all of my white dolls, like all of my posters of any, like, if I had like Britney Spears or whatever, she took it all down, <laughs> replaced it with black and brown dolls. Yeah. She would only, like, we would listen to Erica Badu and Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like this crazy old soul because yeah. she just knew she had to be radical in her home because yes. outside is trying to teach her mm-hmm. black children who they are and how they should feel about themselves. And she's a lighter skinned woman because yeah. she came out in Honduran. So she's like, I can't show how beautiful it is to be a dark skinned black woman because I'm not that. Yeah. So even my daughter looking at me and wanting to look like me, it's like, I need to you're not going like to, you. and you need to love yeah. how you, how, who you how are you and how you yeah. look, you know? So she was like, she literally cleaned it out and my dad thought it was very dramatic but now <laughs> i'm so i'm so thankful for it because it was like a fortress <laughs> yeah where i just felt so secure so beautiful that when i went out there and people would say oh you talk like a white girl i'm like i'm black so i talk like a black, black girl woman. Exactly. and that's it like yeah. i don't know what you mean because <laughs> i'm not white right exactly but it's hard coming from this culture because we don't acknowledge our slave culture because yeah. it, it's just so muddy it's We're not as clear taught cut. in school that there were never slaves on Cayman. Well, 
that's the thing is we're not taught about our history. Exactly. Because I mean, we're the a very young we still civilization. The Christopher Columbus in our, our books know, is a problem. But we're such a young civilization. So whereas like America, they have the documentation to back up certain mm-hmm. things, and they don't even acknowledge their history, right? Yeah. They want to um, assume this position of blissful ignorance, <laughs> and yeah. so. But it is more black and white. It's not about culture. So even here, if you're, if someone was discriminating against you because you're dark skin, but then you prove that you are from the same culture, sometimes it kind of just like, oh, it melts away. Like, oh, we're the same. Yeah. But we don't, we don't acknowledge our our slave culture here. And slaves and slave owners were brought to Cayman at the same time. Yeah. So there's always been a mixing. There was never, it was never the clear cut like, oh, we're abolishing this. You know, like yeah. the slaves weren't treated as badly. Yeah, we just, didn't have like a Jim Crow era. Yeah, like we had to band to together to survive because yeah. it was like crocodiles and mosquitoes. <laughs> like, you know, we there was only like twelve people on the <laughs> island. Yeah, it's like okay, like, we can be we were chill, yeah. right? But then that colorism still remained because we are still trying to appeal to this European standard of beauty, being mm-hmm. that we're still a British colony and one of the only ones, only countries that haven't really fought for our freedom right so yep. we have that more complacent attitude yeah so when we even talk about colorism being here a lot of people don't even believe it and it's like no i've experienced it in yeah. many many different arenas but then going to america mm, nobody crazy. cares where you're from they just look at you and it's like you're black yeah you're you're but white you're like what's different for me though is that i go to hbcu and oh you got that experience yes so I sometimes forget that white people exist. (laughs) And it's not that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not. And sometimes I don't, I don't like it, Mm -hmm. but it's not that I I think they're aliens. It's just that I'm in a black hub. Even though I'm in Alabama, if I go off campus, I'm a minority again. But on campus, I just, it's like, I always, I'm always seeing black faces. Exactly. (laughs) And even when I was like telling you, my school doing plays, we do black plays. Yeah. And when you were talking about you only did white stuff, it, rema- it made me think of the privilege that I have of going to an HBCU yeah. where they cater to people like us. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're catering to ourselves, right? Ourselves. So, yeah. and, like, so when I was doing that play, my exam play, um, we, when we had to do our table reads and stuff. The w- we had two white actors. So they were the minority in our cast. Yeah. And for them, they were just like, we just had, they just had to sit down and listen because they had <laughs> nothing to offer. Yeah. <laughs> or like, okay, so tell us about the time you felt racially profiled. And it's like, uh. I got a story. I got a story. I got a story. And they're like, you know, so, and afterwards, like, she came up to me, one of the girls, and was like, I never thought about that, like, what you said. She's like, 22. She's like, I never thought about what you said about not seeing yourself in commercials and in TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you don't have to. And I, I, I w- that's great. I don't want to have to think about it. That's yeah. what I wish. You know, like, if you watch a Pantene commercial, you, there's always the blonde, the brunette, the redhead, and the, the ambiguous, like, <laughs> yes, right? So yeah. those those big bouncy curls. Yeah. Like, so I've never seen myself, myself. like, a, a dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. with um, kinky, curly hair. Yeah. I've never seen that. And it's just, that's so true. And it's like, and it's not that I'm, s- we're trying to put it all on you that, you know, yeah. your your family has slaves. She's like, but my grandfather did. He did have <laughs> oh, slaves. <that's> <laughs> <laughs> he did in Kentucky. Oh and I was like, oh. Well, oh. I was like, well, see, that's your history. So yeah. I'm not going to tell you to forget that. She's like, I don't want to think about it. I'm like, no, you shouldn't forget that. You yeah. should hold that on your back everywhere yeah. that you go. Yeah. So if you see something happening or, you know, you Speak should. Speak up about it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and think. Being silent is, is condoning it. Yes. And put yeah. yourself, put yourself in that person's shoes you've never even thought about this you know mm-hmm. so like 
that's what I was like, you should really hold your history in your back. What I don't like is people telling me that I can't acknowledge my history. Exactly. Because I don't know who my great-grandmother is on my father's side See? because she was a slave. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't know anything about that side of my family or where we even came from, right? Mm-hmm. So can you imagine that? And she's like, she has photos in her, f- her family's house going all the way up the line of, of her people. Yeah. Like, what a beautiful blessing that is to have. <laughs> but just remember, you know, she was, like, so yeah. shook. Like, my grandfather did have slaves. Uh-huh. I was like... And even what you were telling... You were saying that your mom, like, took all those stuff out of your yeah. house. My mom, she's, like, light-skinned, too. Mm-hmm. But she never... I never thought of her as, like, light-skinned. And she's always a black woman to me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that I only saw white faces as a kid. Because okay. even, like, with the dolls that I had, looking at the dolls I used to have, I had no black dolls. Yeah. I think I only had one black doll it, when Probably Tiana Sasha. came out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Brad's doll. <laughs> no, I, even that I didn't have. Oh and I think when I started to realize my skin color and like mm-hmm. my hair and all this different stuff and my nose and my lips yeah. and all this other stuff was when I was in school. And it wasn't necessarily white people, but just anyone who didn't look black. Mm-hmm. So. That was, yeah, it it was messed up. It was a messed up way of thinking. Yeah, no, she was just radical with it because she, um, she, my mom thinks she's, like, black, like, (coughs) black. Yeah. She's she's a black woman, Mm -hmm. right? And when she was young, they used to tell her all kinds of, all kinds of things because her hair is, like, my hair, kinky curly and everything. So she's light-skinned, but she's, she is black presenting, right? Um, so, like, Growing up, she was teased and everything. She's She's a black woman. Yeah, well, Caymanian and Honduran, so... But both of them still black. Yeah, so, like, that, but that, you know, that Cayman cream. Yeah. Like, they say that Mm -hmm. that color. So, so she, she always felt really dark compared to her, her brothers who look a little more Hispanic. Yeah. Right? And so, she just always thought she was black. And then she moved to Boston, moved to New York, and they're like, red bone. Hey, yellow. (laughs) You know, like, no one thought she was black. So, they're Uh like, oh, you think you're better than us? And, you know, experience that colorism. So, when she had the darker skinned children, it was like, I have to make sure that they know that they are beautiful. Exactly. And that they are are good just the way they are. Mm -hmm. So, she was just like, I can't. I can't have this. And And went crazy. She cut off all her hair, too, for me. Oh, for real? Because I was playing with my friends, and... We're playing That's princesses, and they're like, oh, princesses, you can't be the princess because princesses don't have short hair, and they don't have hair like yours. And um, yeah. I was like, This was like it. the 90s? Yeah. There was no I, black princesses. I was yeah. crying, and I like told her, she's like, hey, mommy's princess. I was like, I'm not a princess. Don't call me a princess. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I told her, told her that they said I can't, have, can't be a princess because princesses don't have short hair. And then she cut her hair off like the next day. Mm-hmm. And she was like, is mommy still beautiful? Is mommy still a princess? Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> I can't like I can't get over like I just love her so much. Yeah, like that's amazing for her to have like the discernment and like the like the knowing mm-hmm. to be able to step in at those like pivotal times in my life. Yeah, when it means the most. Yeah, yeah, because as a kid, that's when it, it's put into you. Yeah, and it's crazy how you you're not born thinking this way. Mm-hmm. It's society. Because with my brothers, half of my family's dark skin, half of us light skin. Even though we came from the same yeah. womb. All of us, but we have different That's black people. We the black like, people, yeah, right? Yeah. So, growing up, I never even saw it about like color. I didn't see my brother as darker. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got to school and I like, saw TV. Uh, it was different. Yeah. I was like, ah, and I all these different stuff I had to think about now because of how I look and how my family looks. Yeah. I like having these kind of conversations yeah. for sure, and like knowing that your audience is mainly like from <laughs> HBCU. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, I can breathe. <laughs> 
to wrap up, do you have anything else you want to say to the audience or to me? <laughs> yeah, that I'm very proud of you. Oh my god. And what you're doing. And just keep doing that it. That means a lot. Oh my god. Of course. <laughs> and um, no, you have a great voice for podcasts <laughs> as well. <laughs> much to say <laughs> <laughs> you right. can ask me anything though um but thank you so much for coming for real and i know you're super busy mm-hmm. you said that the competition is like 10 days away yeah uh where can people buy tickets for the the competition yeah for sure funky tangs and sand angels yeah so you can buy your tickets at funky tangs and sand angels mm-hmm. it's going to be at the ritz carlton this year august 17th Ooh, yeah. Carlton. Yeah, they've been stepping it up since your year, mm-hmm. like last year. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, and before I s- before we log off, I just wanted to tell you. I'm not saying this because I know you. I'm talking mm-hmm. right now, but you're legit the best Miss Cayman Islands universe since, mm-hmm. like ever. And I've known. I don't know the other women, but I have like followed their journeys, and they were great. But you're literally perfect oh my no, god f- for real in oh every my gosh, way because even the way that you present <laughs> the way you present yourself the way that you dress like the other ones and i'm i'm throwing shade here the other ones need That's they need a stylist <laughs> yeah <laughs> for real. they needed this like certain things that they Ooh. needed and there's a small stuff that you have and you just it's thank perfect you. No, thank you so much and it's it's a it's hard right because you're not only representing yourself but an entire country mm-hmm. every single time you leave your house right yeah so now i'm kind of you know i'm in my jean jacket i'm relaxed i have 10 days left yeah. but before i would not have been this relaxed to yeah. leave the house you know just because i took the responsibility really seriously but then also i had the unique experience of being in this industry that we're in right and mm-hmm. having the training in new york and having to self-manage for mm-hmm. three and a half years and get myself together on photo shoots and for the runway and everything you know, being booked as a black woman with natural hair and no one knowing how to do black girls' hair or having any foundation colors yeah. for us. So, like, I've always just known to be overly prepared. Mm-hmm. I have an educated black single mother that taught me that you have to be ten times better and all mm-hmm. those things. So, like, I brought and all thriving of that. And independence. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, yeah. like, so I brought all of that to my reign as well. Mm-hmm. Which Whereas, is like, great. I'm stepping in as yeah. a 24-year-old woman and That's I'm going to represent... Young, is it? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you got a lot of time. Is it? Yeah. No, and it's hard for me because like I just keep setting goals. So like you know, we've talked about being career oriented my yeah. whole life. Everything that I've set up that I wanted to do, I've accomplished. Like I'm gonna live in New York. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And I've done it. And now I'm like, <laughs> where do I go oh, from wow. here? Okay. So now I gotta get a new like five year plan. And yeah. so, and just keeping it open because your career can go either way. No yeah. two careers look exactly the same. That's so, you know, Halle Berry was a beauty queen, learn. so I think yeah. I'm on the... That track. I think I'm on <laughs> that. Yeah, you have your Oscar <laughs> like sometime, sometime in the 30s. Oh. But yeah, sometime well, in I'm going to claim 30s. that. But yeah. But thank you so much. Definitely. I really appreciate that, and it means a lot that, you know, I've heard a lot of people have complimented me about what I've done this year, and I've just, mainly it's just showing that there's enough light for everyone, and that yeah. your dreams are, like, so close. Really, you can do whatever you want to do. You just mm-hmm. have to, just have to do it. And not being, um, not trying to be too much of an example, but more of a mirror. Mm-hmm. That I'm just a reflection of anything that we can all do. You yeah. know, it's not. It's just hard work. There's no magic. There's no mag- magic. No, potion. like yeah. it's just hard work and believing work in and yourself commitment. and yeah. discipline. So even with like getting getting your degree, it's just about having the discipline to finish. Yes. 
doesn't mean you're better than anyone you just had the discipline to stick it out that's the hard (laughs) part so all right no thank you so much so thank you so much for coming and yeah and we're out goodbye bye (laughs) Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.